This will be the message on KFUO. We are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And today we welcome back once again our regular guest uh, here on the program. Let me introduce to you one more time St. Peter of St. Peter's Hook and Crook. Ah, yes, you're at our neighborhood fishing and shepherding supply store located on the banks of the Kaskaskia River. <laughs> ah, you, I should have figured that you would try to sneak in a, a commercial there, Peter. You know, you told us today is the conclusion of your little series on great faith, right? Ah, that is so, Gary. And I don't want to disappoint you. But we won't be using your Bible looking up skills much this week. You see, we're going to focus on one Bible passage in particular. Huh. Well, you know, that's a relief. The last few weeks, my hands have been getting quite the workout. Oh, yeah. Time to recover from all those paper cuts you get from looking up stuff in the Bible. Exactly. You know, people don't really realize, but when you're looking up things very quickly in the Bible and the, the pages are so thin, you can very easily uh, get those those paper cuts. It's a very dangerous activity. Some of those thin Bible pages can be razor sharp and you can't really use gloves, you know. I'm too clumsy for that. Well, well, all right. This week you'll have a chance to recover then. As I said, we're going to go easy on you today and just focus on the one passage, the story of the Canaanite woman who came to Jesus looking for help, as recorded in Matthew 15. That's the story about the woman who Jesus said had great faith. Now, last week you told us one of the key parts of her great faith was her realization she didn't deserve anything from Jesus. That's correct, sir. You know, she was a Canaanite. And she knew what that meant. Her people had been bitter enemies of the Israelites. There was no reason this Jewish rabbi should have anything to do with her. And if there was any question about that, Jesus made it pretty clear when he initially responded to her prayer by saying, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yes, she deserved nothing from Jesus, except perhaps his wrath and anger. In the Old Testament, God had commanded that her kind be destroyed. And yet that is the way it is with great faith. Even though we don't deserve anything, we expect much. I believe there is a direct correlation between how much we think we deserve and how great is our faith. What do you mean by that, Peter? Well, it seems to me the more a man thinks he is worthy and deserving of God's blessings, the littler his faith will be. I don't want to offend you now, Peter, but that would seem pretty true of yourself, too. There was a time when you saw yourself as a dependable disciple, even superior to the other disciples. There was a time when you boasted how you would go to prison or even die for Jesus, and it turns out that time is when your own faith was the weakest. Now, you've gone from preaching to meddling, as they say, Gary. Uh, but yes, you, you speak the truth. Uh, the more we trust in ourselves, the less we have faith in Jesus. Correspondingly, uh, the more we understand we don't deserve anything from Jesus but mercy, the greater our faith will be. You know, I think I understand what you're getting at. I come from a church body that emphasizes the unworthiness before God. We speak of being poor, miserable sinners who have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We also talk about deserving nothing but his punishment now and eternally. I see where that attitude has a lot to do with great faith, but it brings up a very important question. What, what, what's, what's that, Gary? If a person sees himself as such a great sinner, where would he get the faith to come to God in the first place? 
Ah, as I told you last week, there, there needs to be something else, doesn't there, for us to have great faith. Uh, the fear of God may be the beginning of wisdom, as the scripture says, but there needs to be something more for faith to, to grow to greatness. And that's my question. What is that something else? Well, let's return to the text there. At the beginning, it seems the woman has no reason to believe Jesus will help her. At first, Jesus refuses to hear her. Then he practically turns his back on her, saying he came only for the sheep of Israel. And it gets even worse, Peter, for then he out and out insults her. Ah, yes, but, but does he? You know, it might seem that way. But we need to look at that insult in detail. Uh, if your fingers aren't too sore, could you read Matthew chapter 15, verses 25 and 26? Okay, they're a little sore, so I'll move slower today. Yeah, just you know, take no, your time. There were not, uh, no Olympics events. No, no on. events. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you said uh, chapter Matthew chapter 15, verse 25 and 26. Okay, here, here we go. Here's what it says. The Canaanite woman came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Oh, throw it to the dogs, yeah. Now, now, for the most part, dogs in my day are not like the dogs you have today. How's that? Well, people didn't have hunting dogs, nor did most of us have pet dogs. Most of the dogs we encountered were wild mongrels. Kind of like the dingoes there in Australia. Have, have you had a lot of experience with dingoes, have you? Gary? No, I only know one thing about dingoes. It's from a movie, and it's something like, the dingo ate my baby. I don't even know what that refers to. Okay. <laughs> that, whatever. You, you, you're right. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they would eat your babies. They were vicious, wild animals that lacked the natural fear of humans, like a, a coyote or a wolf would have. They, they were probably one of the most dangerous animals in all of Israel. Oh, I know exactly uh, that kind of dog you're talking about. Often when I go walking, I run into that kind of dog snarling and growling and snapping. I just want to get away from them as fast as I can. Well, you can see why the Israelites often called their enemies, the Canaanites, dogs. <laughs> it's always the smallest dogs that seem to be the, the, the meanest, too, though. <laughs> Just a side note there. But the I can ankle nippers. Yes. I can understand that, but it still doesn't make sense when Jesus calls the Canaanite woman a dog. How would that help her faith? Oh, well, because cause he didn't use the word she would have expected. Uh, the word for the wild mongrel dog. The, the, what did you say? The dingo there from mm -hmm. Australia. No, no, rather, he used a surprising word, a word that meant a little dog, but not this mean, snapping little dog you were talking oh, about. A cute no, little no. dog. Yeah, exactly. The lap dog, mm -hmm. the house dog, of which there were a few. I never thought about it, but that word fits perfectly to the picture Jesus uses. Jesus talks about throwing the children's bread to the dogs. The dog Jesus is talking about is not some wild dog, but a family pet. Yes, Gary. And the woman seizes upon that little word and replies, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs, those little cute dogs, they eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. You know, Gary, it must be very humbling to be called someone's pet. But at least a pet can expect blessings from its master. That little word for the little dog was enough to move this woman to call out one more time for the Lord to help her. 
And this time, he does help her, as the text goes on to say, Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great in your faith, be it done for you as you deserve. And her daughter was healed instantly. You see, Gary, what gave this woman great faith, what moved her to continue to call out to God, was just this little word of promise Jesus gave her. So it is with great faith. It sees nothing in itself but holds on confidently to the promise of God, no matter how little it may be. Peter, I, I can see where this little word that Jesus spoke meant so much to the woman, but I'm not sure how all of this applies to our faith. Well, well think about it, Gary. That word that Jesus spoke to the woman, did it seem like much to the other disciples and, and myself? You could answer that better than I can, but me, I think no. I'd assume you just thought Jesus was insulting her. And <laughs> your assumption is right. But don't you see, for the Canaanite woman, that little word is, is what brought to fruition her great faith. It gave her the faith to, to cry out to the Lord for help one more time. And so it is with us. To the world, the word of God uh, that he speaks to us doesn't seem like much. What do you mean, Peter? Well, well, take the word of baptism. You just pour water on somebody. Now, what possible difference could that make? But faith holds on to that little word of baptism, which says the water has washed away our sins and given us eternal life. Well, you yourself said baptism now saves us. You see, to the world, baptism is little, insignificant. But to faith, the word of baptism is the greatest thing in the world. Oh, oh, it's the same with the Lord's Supper. Now, in the eyes of the world, what is that all about? You mean you waited for an hour just to get a little piece of bread and a sip of wine? I wouldn't wait an hour to eat a banquet at one of the finest restaurants. That's what the world would say. <laughs> I think I see where you're going here. For the world, the Lord's Supper is a little nothing, in fact. But faith holds on to the words of Jesus that say, This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. If you think about it, this is true of the whole scripture. The world thinks the Bible is nothing special, just a book of stories and myths. But in faith, we know this is a book whose very words give faith, sustain faith, and bring us to, yes, great faith. You know, all of this uh, kind of makes me feel a little ashamed. Well, why is that, Gary? Well, that woman had only one little word from God, and it wasn't much of a word at that. He called her a dog, even if it was the word for a pet. Yet, that word moved her to have the greatest faith. We, on the other hand, have the abundance of God's word, and it's a far greater word. A word that doesn't just call us as God's pets, but testifies we are his very sons and daughters. And yet, we so often take his word for granted. Oh, so we do, Gary. So we all do. But don't you see that realization, I guess, puts us on the road to great faith. How's that? Well, because we're beginning to realize that we don't really deserve anything from God. He has given us his word, and, and we just take it for granted. But when we understand, we can't expect anything, even us, we can't expect anything from God but his mercy. Maybe we'll begin to be like this Canaanite woman. We'll appreciate whatever word God gives us, and in that word we'll grow in faith. 
It's like what you said at Pentecost. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, it is a powerful combination. Repentant, knowing our own sinfulness, and yet knowing God's forgiveness. And both of these things, they come from the Holy Spirit, and both of these things are the foundation of great faith. You know, Peter, I pray that God helps you and helps me and helps all of our listeners have such great faith. And I look forward to talking to you next time, Peter. Thank you, Gary. I look forward to talking to you as well. We are the Messenger of Good News. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio.